From West House to Stonewall, High Cross Hill to Cunnigarloo, and across the south east of Glasgow, this is Cam Glen Radio 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music, your station. Telling your story on Cam Glen Radio. to be joined today um, by Suzanne McCabe. Hello Suzanne, how are you? Hi Joy, I'm fine thanks, how are you doing? Um, I'm pleased to see you, it's lovely to, to, to see you and hear your voice um, and I wonder uh, if you would be able to give just a bit of background um, for, for the listener, you know, um, uh-huh. who are you, what do, are you uh, do you live locally, how you know of Healthy and Happy? Okay, um, I'm Suzanne McCabe, I'm mum to three girls, uh, 14, 12 and 9, and I'm a life coach, so I help people to uh, set and achieve big life goals, or maybe to figure out uh, what direction they're going in life, and I help them to figure out how to overcome the obstacles to achieving those goals. Um, these are usually things like stress, anxiety and depression. 
Um, so I've lived in Rutherglen since 2002. Um, previously lived in Cumbernauld and my husband and I moved here in, in 2002. And uh, I became aware of Healthy and Happy because simply taking my kids to, to Borough Primary every day mm-hmm. and uh, just saw it in the corner and uh, got curious about it. Um, ended up doing my, my mental health first aid certificate actually earlier this year before we were locked down. So fantastic, lovely, and and I really appreciate you you coming in today and and um, taking yet another step into healthy and happy's world. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, this this is uh, telling your story radio show on Cam Glen Radio. And thanks very much for for coming in and being willing to to share your story with us. You know, we 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 have uh, the the pleasure of um, hearing your story and also some of your music choices. And there's going to be um, particular tracks that you're going to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, I'm pleased to say this is the Suzanne Show, and every bit of music where we're playing today uh, actually is one of your choices, which is That's which good. is great. <laughs> So with your story, I mean, all stories, uh, you know, have a beginning, a middle and, a, um, you know, a, a current status. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go back to near the beginning of it. How, how did life appear to be going for you and your family a few years ago? Um, well, if, if I go back to uh, 2010, Joy, um, it was just quite a busy life. Uh, I had the two girls at that point, so they were four and two, um, roughly. So, they, you know, they were uh, quite young. Um, I was working three days a week. Um, my parents would come down once a week and they'd help out with the kids and they were very hands-on with, uh, you know, feeding and changing and uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I would say it, it was quite busy and stressful in the way that family life is, where it's just uh, relentless stuff going on and, and not a minute to yourself. Um, but happy at the same time, you know. Things started to change? How, did you, how are you aware they were changing? Uh, the, there was a few things had happened with my mum so um she'd had a a couple of health scares uh, late in 2010 um one where she thought she might have cancer but turned out she was okay um she had a panic attack uh, when she was out in in the shops and things like that and she would die she was diagnosed with um arthritis and osteoporosis in the same week and um I don't know, just around the December time, she uh, started to complain a lot about pain in her back and uh, it was so bad that she wasn't going out. Um, And pretty much that continued for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, We were talking about it yesterday, my dad and I. I don't even think she came down for Christmas that year. Um, And uh, basically she was indoors um, until, well, it turned out to be early February. Um, but uh, it seemed to be a bit strange. She would go out to the doctors, um, but that was about it. And I think the thing that really, uh, where I started to really wonder what was going on was um, I was due to have uh, my third daughter, Lauren, uh, at the end of January. And on that day... Um, I phoned my mum and dad up and I said, um, can I uh, come up and see you today? Because almost certainly this baby's coming this week. Um, 
And I knew my mum hadn't been out. I didn't really have expectations she was going to make the hospital. So I wanted to go and see her. And she said, no, you can't come up and see me. I've got MRSA. And um, I thought, this is a bit strange. Um, and my dad said, no, she, she's fine. She's been wrapping herself warm all night. She's just a bit warm. She's fine. So we started to make our way up uh, in the car. And she phoned me a total of five times um, to tell me not to come up. And when we did get there... Um, she didn't want me going up the stairs. Uh, eventually, I negotiated with her to sit at the end of the bed. But she was pretty much catatonic, Joy. And I remember saying to her at the time, um, because I'd been trying to, to find out what was wrong and she wasn't saying very much. And I said, look, if you don't want to talk to me, will you get some kind of help? Um, so that was... Very end of January, the the thirtieth. So really, at that point, I'm thinking that there's something really quite odd going on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was when you first realised something something was happening. Um, did, did things I, change quite quickly after that? Um, well, the, I suppose the um, the next chapter of the story. Um, is, is when my daughter was born um, on the, the 7th of February. But perhaps maybe I'll introduce my music at this point, uh, if it's all right, and um, before I go on. And, uh, yeah, I've chosen Grenade by Bruno Mars. Um, and the reason for that was I was listening to that track quite a lot in hospital after I had Lauren. And, uh, you know, sort of, um, I would go through all this pain, <laughs> seemed quite appropriate for someone who just had a baby. So this is why I've chosen Grenade. Easy come, easy go. That's just how you live. Oh, take, take, take it all, but you never give. Should have known you was trouble from the first kiss. Had your eyes wide open. Why were they open? Gave you all I had it. Tossed it in the trash, you tossed it in the trash, you did. To give me all your love is all I ever ask. Cause what you don't understand is I catch a grenade.
107.9 FM Your voice, your music, your station Okay, so that was uh, Grenade by Bruno Mars and uh, thank you for sharing that one with us Can you remind us again why you chose that? I chose it just because it was on my phone and I was listening to it a lot in the hospital after I had Lauren and I had to stay in the hospital for a bit after having Lauren Um but uh, yeah, the, the the day that that Lauren was born, uh, Joy, as I said, I didn't really expect my mum to come in. She hadn't been out of the house for ages. Um, but we phoned home to tell mum and dad that we'd uh, had her, and my mum seemed a bit distant on the phone. And uh, unbeknownst to me, my dad had had a pretty bad night with her and had had to call in doctor and um, basically. She was going into hospital that same day um, with uh, and diagnosed with psychotic depression. So she was going into a mental health unit in Monklands. And um, initially I didn't see her. Uh, I had quite a bad infection after I'd had uh, Lauren. And um, as a result of what I was saying earlier, um, my mum thinking we had MRSA, she actually thought, she'd killed us, that that we were dead, and that was why I wasn't coming in. And uh, my, my poor dad was trying to convince her otherwise. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he would spend, like, the whole visit just trying to convince her otherwise. Um, so when I walked into the ward a few weeks later holding Lauren, um, her jaw just dropped. She, she couldn't believe that we were here. Um, so... Yeah, my mum, I mean, she ended up in hospital for for three years. Joy, and, and first kind of while, uh, she had 12 rounds of ECT, um, which is electrode therapy, um, and they don't give that unless you're really in danger to yourself or others. Um, she had uh, various medications that she was given. She would refuse food, Um she actually grew so underweight that they, they put tube feeding in and she would rip them out. Um, and then, of course, she got so thin that when she tried to get out of bed, she would uh, fall. Uh, she broke her hip on two occasions in the hospital. Um, she broke her shoulder. Uh, had many times smashed her face up falling. Um, it, it was it was dreadful. And... Um, she really was very, when you went in to visit, she was either delusional about something and would just go on about it the whole visit. Um, and then she went through that phase for oh, a long, long time. 
maybe a year or more. And then generally speaking, after that, it was kind of like this withdrawal where she would hardly say anything. Um, so uh, we were encouraged to take her out for visits and take her home. And my dad was usually doing that or, or trying to do that. And um, he, he just had to give up. We tried many times, but... Um, she was doing things like uh, it was out in the M8 and she pulled a handbrake um, uh, or he would take her home and she was trying to call a taxi to get back to the hospital. And this was just bizarre for me to get my head around because they'd had such a good relationship. You know, there wasn't like there was any reason for her to be wanting to get away from the house. Um, and I think she was just institutionalised um, from the hospital. Um, she also uh, attempted her life a couple of times in hospital as well. Um, so we fought with social work for a year to get her into a nursing home. Um, and I have to say, you really have to have your back to the wall to want, get to the stage of wanting your relative in a nursing home because nobody wants that for their family member. But it, it, it was just relentless and she needed 24-hour care. Um, so, yeah, so she eventually she moved to a nursing home and uh, she was so three years in the hospital and then four years in a nursing home. And really there wasn't any improvement. She just stayed in her room pretty much all the time and uh, eventually uh, died of uh, pneumonia in 2018, having been ill for seven years. Um, and psychotic depression what was on her death certificate um so yeah um now it's not a particularly cheery story but i suppose it leads me into uh, my next piece of music which is her diamonds by rob thomas and it and the reason i chose it it's it's about the helplessness of watching someone uh, being ill and really not being able to do very much about it other than just sit and be with them so that's why I chose that. Oh, what the hell she says I just can't win for losing And she lays back down Man, there's so many times I don't know what I'm doing Like I don't know now on the moon, she rubs her eyes Says it's funny how the night can make you blind I can just imagine And I don't know what I'm supposed to do But if she feels bad, then I do too So I let her be And she says, oh, I can't take no more Her tears like diamonds on the floor And her diamonds bring me down I can't help her now She's down in it She tried her best and now she can't win it hard See them on the ground Her diamonds falling down We're down She sits down and stares into the distance all night And I know I could break her concentration oh, But it don't feel right 
just something less about her And I don't know what I'm supposed to do So I sit down and I cry too But don't let her see And she says, ooh, I can't take no more Her tears like diamonds on the floor And her diamonds bring me down Cause I can't help her now She's down in it She tried her best and now she can't win it Hard to see them on the ground Her diamonds falling down She shuts out the night Tries to close her eyes If she can find daylight She'll be alright She'll be alright Just not tonight And she says Oh, I can't take no more Her tears like diamonds on the floor And her diamonds bring me down Cause I can't help her now She's down in it She tried her best and now she can't win It's hard to see them on the ground Her diamonds falling, ooh, I can't take no more Her tears like diamonds on the floor But her diamonds bring me down Cause I can't help her now She's down in it She tried her best and now she can't win it Hard to see them on the ground Her diamonds falling down Telling your story on Cam Glen Radio. That was Rob Thomas with Her Diamonds. And thank you very much for, for sharing um, that and um, your story uh, with with the listener, Suzanne. Um, why, why was it that you chose that song? And what does that lead you into now with your, with your story? Uh, I chose that song because... Um, he talks about watching his partner uh, or well, he talks about her but I think it is about his partner um, from things I've read and it's about um, uh, watching someone being depressed and just being helpless and not really knowing what to do mm-hmm. and just having to sit with them and, and if um, anyone listening to it I'd, I'd, uh, I think they would be very moved by the lyrics Mm-hmm. And they're they're really lovely. Um but um yeah, I suppose um I'm not sure there's a direct link to, to my next part, Joy. Um but but I suppose uh, 
it just was uh, very difficult to see my mum in that situation mm-hmm. um and uh, it, it was it was very stressful um i had a lot of uh, problems kind of sleeping particularly if something had had just happened with her that day and and there was a lot happening almost on a daily basis for a while um it was stressful fighting with with social work as well for for my dad and i um and for quite a long time i, I kind of felt like i was on this treadmill um where you know after i'd had lauren and i'd had my almost a year off and then and then going back to work I was doing this kind of three days at home with the, the children uh, two days at work and then at the weekend I would go and see mum and my dad um, was incredible he was picking up the bulk of the visits and, and going most days um, but for me that relentlessness was uh, was hard going and within about a month of me going back to work actually I had an, a head injury as well which resulted in a a, a, quite a bad concussion so I, I was for a while I was struggling to just organise breakfast uh, finish my sentences and um, even like conversations about the weather were quite difficult to follow for a while um, so so that was quite hard when you're trying to get a family out the door in the morning you know um, but uh, I, I recovered from that and it just kind of kept going um, from that point to about early 2015 so a period of a few years and um, I noticed that I was starting to find concentrating quite difficult especially at work um, where I had quite a busy job and lots of different projects on the go and then I started getting panic attacks which would just come out of the blue and I remember speaking to my boss and he said to me well as long as it's not affecting your work um, and I came off the phone and I thought uh, but it is starting to affect my work. I'm I'm slowing down. I'm 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 not at my best. And even at home, just doing things in the home. Uh, again, simple meals and things was was quite hard to to organise. Um, so I went to my doctor, and I said, you know, that I was kind of struggling to function, and uh, I was signed off work with chronic fatigue, um, which I've had for a number of years on and off. Um, but this was just a big kind of flare up. And um, yeah, I think at that point I knew something had to change in my life and um, I couldn't change my mum's illness and I couldn't change the sort of day-to-day stresses of family life, Um, but I could change my job. And so... I thought, well, what am I going to do? I'm I'm off work sick, and 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 I thought about my strengths and weaknesses, and my interests and my passions, and I really had got interested in mental health. You know, um, nobody can watch a relative go through something like that without it really changing them, and um, and I thought, well, maybe I could do life coaching, but I thought, hey. I was sitting in front of the computer, maybe reading something online and maybe about an hour a day I would manage. And then I was getting tired. I thought, how am I going to do anything? And then I spotted a coaching course, which was five to seven hours a week studying uh, an advanced diploma in life coaching. And I thought, brilliant, that's what I'll do. So I did that and I just used my hour um, where I was 
as fresh as I could be <laughs> to, to do my studying and uh, started my coaching business in early 2017. Um, so I ended up off work for for two years, um, nearly resigned after a year actually, but I was encouraged to apply for ill health retirement and it, it took a year, but I got that. Um, and my husband was a great support through all that and very supportive of my decision and just supportive generally through everything that was happening with my mum, as was my dad. Just brilliant, the two of them. Um, so, yeah, it just felt really kind of empowering taking that action, you know. Um, so... Does that lead us into your your next um, piece of music, Suzanne? I think it does, Joy. Um, so I've chosen a, a track by an artist called Yasmin, um, called uh, On My Own. And when I used to sit and work, um, listening to music, and sometimes I would kind of feel like there was something else for me, kind of like this feeling that I could be doing something different but I didn't know what it was and I'm quite independent so this is about striding out and uh, doing your own thing and just trusting your instincts um, so it really speaks to me and uh, yeah that's why I've chosen it
telling your story on Cam Glen Radio. We were chatting um, a while back about recovery and what that means and, and um, you know, whether it's uh, the same thing for everybody or, or, or whatever. How, how did you know that things were changing for you and you were moving into um, recovering uh, you know, where you wanted to be, your health and so on. What what, what was recovery for you? Um, I think I, I found with, with chronic fatigue, it's always very small things. It's the fact that you can walk up to the school and back without feeling too tired. Or it's the fact that you're not sleeping an hour but you're sleeping half an hour and and you feel okay the rest of the day afterwards so it's kind of small things um also a big step for me I think was when I joined uh, my choir sing aloud and um although I, I debated whether I should drive up to, to Bishop Briggs on a Thursday night to to stand and, and sing for an hour and a half but actually um yeah it was a bit tiring but it was it was good for me and it helped my mental health um so I started to to see positive positive changes after I joined the choir um so yeah I think I see recovery uh, as a journey joy um and I'm still on it but uh, it's it's all we small changes you know, wee small differences and and changes to your day, things you can do that you weren't doing a few weeks ago. You know, yeah, and very responsive to how you're feeling at any any one point. Point, so a lot of self awareness would would come into that, I imagine. Absolutely, yeah, uh huh. Um, and I'm lucky now that I'm working at home, and well, I have been for a few years, but you know, to have the flexibility to say, um. Actually, I'm shattered. I need to go back to bed first. Mm. I've seen many a day where I thought, I'm going to get nothing done today. Mm. And then I thought, no, just go back to bed. 20 minutes, half an hour. And then I get up and, you know, life seems a wee bit more manageable. You know, my energy seems a bit better and uh, I get a few hours work done. And, you know, that's great. Mm. It's a great attitude, I think, to also to bring into uh, what, what you're doing now as, as a profession. Uh, mm-hmm. Because actually that's what life coaching is about, isn't it? About realising the small steps. Can you tell us a wee bit more about that? How you got into life coaching, what it means to you now? Well, um, I guess just the course was it was a big starting point for me in terms of getting into to coaching and it was really this desire to help people to kind of live happier more content lives and build a resilience and build a confidence um and particularly i think in the west of scotland we have a real uh, kind of i don't know i think there's a lack of confidence in a lot of us and we do ourselves down and um, I, I think a lot of people don't realise the, the power that's within them. And um, I just, I think having watched mum being so ill, I knew I, I didn't want to work in a sort of psychiatric unit or, or anything like that. But I just thought, you know, mental health is a spectrum. And if I can help someone who's at the early stages of 
their mental health starting to go downhill, then maybe I can steer them away from that type of outcome. And that's what I was interested in. So, yeah, and uh, I just... I know it works. I can I can see that it works, and I've had it myself. You know, I wouldn't want to coach somebody without having been at the other end of it. You know, so I know it works, and I know it helps clients. Um, so yeah, it's it's good, and I enjoy that, and I get a lot of satisfaction from it. Yeah, uh, you're saying that it's about helping people at an early stage of their journey you know, before their mental health perhaps deteriorates further. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be a, a sort of typical experience that would bring somebody to you as a life coach? Oh, um, it's actually, actually quite a variety, but it, it can be things like uh, workplace stress, <laughs> um, maybe difficulty with uh, in relationships with others, for example, um, maybe people having kind of mild to moderate depression. Um, coaching can't help with more serious depression, but it can help with mild to moderate depression. But it, it tends to be under the kind of umbrella of stress, anxiety and depression. And um, often people have had some kind of major life change. They've maybe lost a loved one um, or they've had a... Uh, some kind of big event has happened in work which has really uh, changed how they feel about their their career and they're wondering what to do next um so yeah it's, it's actually quite varied it's quite varied it sounds really interesting you know and and obviously it was a big part of your recovery and you know your decisions to to you know move move forward yeah. um do you do you find do you find that your your recovery uh, is in some way linked to what you're doing within life coaching? Does it does it have an impact on you? Yeah, I I think so. It's um, when you're off work sick, or or certainly for me, um, when I was off work sick, I kind of felt like uh, life was going on without me. And I felt a bit useless and, you know, all my colleagues were picking up all the extra work because I wasn't there and things like that. And I felt guilt around that. Um, And I felt like uh, really I didn't have much of a a purpose in terms of work. Clearly I had a purpose looking after my my family and supporting my mum and dad, but uh, I didn't have a purpose in terms of work. And uh, I've got that now. And it has really helped me, you know, seeing someone come in who is very, very stressed and maybe panicky, maybe getting panic attacks, for example, and being able to support them to challenge how they see themselves, challenge their own way of thinking, because it tends to be CBT that I use, and helping them through that journey and then seeing them coming out the other side and, and not just dealing with the stress, but actually going on and starting to take on new challenges and go for goals that they're really passionate about, um, which they've not had the confidence to go for. Yeah, I think that it does. It gives me a, a buzz, I have to be honest. It's good. It's lovely. 
Yeah, and it, you know, like the way you're describing there is, I think, is really, um, really quite exciting because uh, what you're doing isn't isn't problem solving at all. No. It's, it's no. actually about opening doors to, you know, somebody's future and helping them make it what what they want it to be. I had a I had a, a client recently who um, said to me, "I thought you were going to give me all the answers," <laughs> and. Uh, and I said, um, no, I, I, I kind of act as a catalyst, Joy, you know, kind of help them to find their own answers and help them to uh, make their own decisions because it's their life, you know. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm supporting them through that and also making them accountable. You know, it's, it's someone that they have to kind of answer to and, and therefore keep themselves in check, you know, in terms of making their progress.
Telling Your Story on Cam Glen Radio. I wonder if we can uh, just have a quick chat about how that links with the community, because you were talking about having a sense of purpose and something, um, you know, I'm certainly not the only person to have noticed it, but, you know, across the world, but, you know, we've seen it quite closely in Campus Line and Rutherglen um, during this year with the, the, you know, the COVID community response and so on. So many people coming forward to volunteer their time, almost grasp a sense of purpose uh, during the you know the initial lockdown, uh, I mean, Healthy and Happy had something like three hundred inquiries for people wanting to help, to the point that we you know we um, we ran out of opportunities for them to do <laughs> more people interested than, than roles for them to do, and, and that was that was fascinating. It was quite emotive to see, but it was it was fascinating as well about how so many people wanted to find that purpose at a time when we were all sharing, um, you know, the, the, the challenge uh, of, of lockdown. So how, how do you, or do you see a link there with what you're doing um, in life coaching with individuals and and how a community responds to, to, you know, things that are happening around them? Yeah, I think in the, with the life coaching, it is about supporting people and ultimately in their mental health really and and helping them to to be the, the best that they can and and hopefully avoiding some of the poor mental health and everything that can come with that um i think what we've got here in, in rutherglen is a very strong sense of wanting to support others and I, like you, I, I saw that um, and I think uh, it was very strong in Rutherglen about trying to support each other. Interesting what you should say about the about having too many volunteers. I think I, I just got in at the end. I was told that they were pretty much closing off. <laughs> a little bit of work with the food bank for a few weeks. But um, yeah, but yeah, I think it's all about just being there for other people and it just making life a bit easier for them and I like to think that the, the coaching does that. Well thanks very much for all of that Suzanne I just wonder if there's uh, you know any any words for the future just before we go into your, your final choice of music? Uh, well um, I think you you asked me about some uh, some tips in terms of what I do myself um, when we had chatted uh, online before this and uh, I've actually got six things rather than five mm. Joy but uh, the first thing I would say is um, I would recommend meditating um, that was a big help to me when my stress was very high um, it's not something you necessarily notice to change straight away and um, took me a few months but yeah I would definitely recommend meditating um, secondly Practice kindness to yourself. Um, I've been in uh, counselling a few times and that's the biggest lesson that I've learned uh, from counselling and it's the biggest thing that's helped me because when you're kind to yourself, um, it changes how you uh, respond to other people and it helps your relationships. Um, and uh, yeah, it just, it just gives you more of a, a peace about you. Uh, rather than fighting with yourself, you know. 
Third is exercise where you can, because the endorphins make you feel good. I do a little bit of cycling, not not much, maybe a couple of miles or something, uh, because I still get fatigued easily. But it's really important for me to get out and about, and it helps my mental health. Next one, social contact. Um, And that that links in very nicely with what we're talking about with with community and reaching out to others and uh, connecting with others. Um, I think that's so important, even if you're an introvert like like me, um, just having connection with other people and checking in on them. I also think just for me, um, constantly educating myself is very much part of who I am and, and what helps to keep me sane. I just love to learn and find better ways to to do things so that's important and my I think my final one is is always have a goal always have a reason to get up in the morning and if you think that you don't then then find one you know go and go and help your neighbor see what you can do to to volunteer find a family member that needs needs help whatever it is you know take up art or anything but just have a, a reason to get up in the morning and ideally something that connects and can help other people as well because then you're kind of spreading that positive, helping everybody's mental health, you know. And that sounds like a, an, an excellent way just to go into your, your final your final choice of music. Picked a favourite track this time, Joy. Well, one of many. Um, it's Walk of Life by Dire Straits, which is just, just a track I've listened to loads through my life and uh, it's got a, got a great intro so here's walk a life by dire straits
Stonewall, High Cross Hill, to Cunnigarloop, and across the southeast of Glasgow. This is Cam Glen Radio, one oh seven point nine FM. Your voice, your music, your station. Cam Glen Radio, community announcements. NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde have created a new online resource to help anyone who is recovering from COVID-19, giving you tips from what staff have learned from helping people recover both at home and in hospital. You can find the guide by going to nhsggc.org.uk. If you're an LGBT person, the LGBT helpline is still open Tuesdays and Wednesdays between midday and 9pm. Call 0300 123 2523 between those times or access a live chat anytime by visiting lgbthealth.org.uk. And finally, if you're still having to work from home, the Scottish Association for Mental Health have some tips to help you look after your well-being. Go to the website samh.org.uk for hints and tips to looking after your health and well-being. I'm David Cuthbertson, and that's your community announcements on Cam Glen Radio. If you have an event or activity happening in Rutherglen or Campus Lang, let us know. Email whatson at camglenradio.org or for more events in your community, visit camglenradio.org slash local.